It's good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We want to welcome all of our listeners. We appreciate you being here so much. And it's a privilege and an honor and a blessing for us to be with you, to be able to open up God's Word and have this opportunity to teach you from those rich teachings and truths that God has communicated to us therein. And we also pray that it is a blessing for you as you study with us each day on Search the Scriptures. We pray that as we come together each day on this program, that your knowledge of God's Word is growing deeper and richer and fuller, and that as that happens, that your faith in God is growing stronger. As we keep trying to emphasize, that is, after all, the source of our faith. As we are told right there in God's Word, Romans 10 and verse 17, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So as we study each day, and as you understand, and as you believe and make the proper applications to your life, your faith should be growing. And as your faith grows, we pray that you're coming closer and closer to God, and ultimately will make that decision to follow Him His way, to come to Him through His Son, your Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's our prayer, and we pray that we're helping you toward that end. Great to be back today again with Dennis Stackhouse to continue our study. Thank you, Gary. It's certainly great for me to be with you on the program today and with all of those who've tuned in to search the scriptures. We are so very thankful and appreciative of the fact that you do that. And we know that for many of you, you do that on purpose. Your desire is to become better acquainted with God's word and to handle that word accurately. And because of that, you tune into this program where we very diligently make the effort to accurately teach what God has recorded for us in the Bible. Again, thank you for being with us, and let's go ahead and get into our next time of study together. Some sure things, Dennis. That's what we're talking about. Indeed we are. And you know, we've talked about the fact that we like sure things we in do. this world. That's right. Now, how many times have you heard somebody talk about something, uh, perhaps a business venture or Maybe somebody who is a gambler and they're talking about a particular uh, gambling venture and they say, oh, this is a sure thing. Can't mm. miss. Can't lose. I've heard of people who do that when they bet on horses. Oh, this horse is a sure thing. Put your money on this one. <laughs> yes, yes. And usually they end up losing. Uh, usually they do. And those business ventures that are supposed to be sure things, mm -hmm. probably, if truth be told, most of the time those were not nearly such sure things as they were made out to be. Unfortunately, that's right. But we want the security. We want the things to be sure. We want to be sure that we're going to be successful at whatever it is that we're undertaking, mm -hmm. and yet as we've tried to point out, in this world, in this life, from a human perspective, there are no sure things, basically. Yes, that's right. Now, we have noted that from a spiritual perspective, there are indeed some sure things. Absolutely right. And these things we need to be aware of so that we can be equipped and prepared to deal with these realities, these mm -hmm. sure things. Yes, we noted that in Numbers chapter 32 and verse 23, we have a principle laid out for us. And this was a statement made by Moses to two of the tribes of Israel as they were prepared to cross the Jordan River into the promised land, the land of Canaan, and begin to take possession of that land. Yes. Now, these two particular tribes decided that they wanted to receive their inheritance on the 
eastern side of mm -hmm. the Jordan River. Yes. And not actually in the land of Canaan itself, the promised land. Right. And Moses said, well, that's going to be fine as long as you follow through with your promise mm -hmm. to cross the river with all the rest of your brethren and fight those battles and help them to take possession of the land. Yes. But if you do not do that, then he says, be sure your sins will find you out. Yes. And that's the first of the sure things we want all of our listeners to be aware of. Yes. Your sin will find you out. Yes. Now, that does not mean that if you are guilty of sin, that you cannot be forgiven of that sin. Oh, not at all. But if you continue to live in your sin, mm -hmm. unrepentant, mm -hmm. and without seeking God's forgiveness in the proper way, mm -hmm. then be sure your sin will find you out. Yes, there's no doubt about it. That's a sure thing. Mm -hmm. Also, unless the Lord comes again, you can be sure that you're going to die physically. Yes, every one of us. You know, Dennis, I've done more funerals than I remember, more than I care to remember. Mm -hmm. And uh, probably if uh, the Lord spares me and, I, and he blesses me to continue to preach the gospel full time, I'll probably do a lot more funerals in the future. Very likely. I have literally faced that reality that death is a certainty mm -hmm. as long as this world is continuing on. Oh, yes. And really for any of us, Gary, who have lived any length of time, we should have no question about that. You know, we've all had friends that have been taken from us by death, family, other acquaintances, uh, even distant acquaintances. We all know that death is a reality where there's no way to escape it if we live in this human body. Exactly right. Uh, work associates, yes. friends. Mm -hmm. How many times have we found out one day that our neighbor had passed Yes. during the night or the mm -hmm. day before or just within the last few days? That's right. It just happens all the time. It does. Death is a reality. That's yes. a sure thing. Mm -hmm. We're not going to escape. As much as we try to take care of ourselves, go to the doctor, uh, make sure we're taking the right kind of vitamins and supplements and taking our medication properly and exercising and eating right. When we've done all of the things that we're learning that you can do to enhance your life and prolong your life physically, mm -hmm. we're still going to die one day. We certainly are. It's a sure thing. Yes. Now, we're looking at, right now at another sure thing, and that is following death, there's going to be a judgment. Yes, another of the sure things. Certainly. Mm -hmm. In Acts chapter 17 and verses 30 and 31, it strikes me, Dennis, just how sure that final day of judgment is going to be. Yes, it really does. Uh, Paul's language there is truly unmistakable. There, Paul tells us that God has appointed a day mm -hmm. when he, on which he's going to judge the world That's right. by... Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. In other words, Jesus will be that judge. Mm -hmm. Well, that certainly is the truth. Mm -hmm. Now, Paul does not just leave the point at that, however. Mm -hmm. He says that God has confirmed or assured us or made certain that that day will come about through the resurrection of Christ. That's right. Yeah, he gave us an ironclad guarantee. 
You know, Dennis, we normally think of the resurrection of Christ as being something that demonstrates the victory of Christ over death, Mm -hmm. the certainty that the message of salvation that he brought to mankind through the gospel is true Mm -hmm. and powerful and effective. We see it from a positive perspective ordinarily. Yes, absolutely. And those things are right. They are exactly right. Mm -hmm. But here Paul says that there is another point that we need to understand Mm -hmm. from the resurrection, the fact that Jesus did arise from the grave. Yes. And that is that God, through that resurrection, is affirming that there will be a final day of judgment. Yes, that's right. And again, looking at it from a perspective of wanting to have sure things in life, this is one of those things that are very sure. As I said a moment ago, God is giving us an ironclad guarantee. Yes, and that's a very good way to put it, Mm -hmm. an ironclad guarantee. Mm -hmm. We can take it to the bank, so to speak. (laughs) Yes, indeed. We can absolutely know that Mm -hmm. that day is coming. Yes, we can. It's not just a possibility. Mm -hmm. It's not just... Uh, even a probability, it is going to happen. All of us will have to appear before that judgment seat. Mm -hmm. Now in Romans chapter 14 and verse 10, what do we read there along this line? But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I don't think Paul is saying there that we should never make a judgment call. No. In fact, the New Testament scriptures, now I know that some people would misconstrue and misapply a number of teachings perhaps uh, from the New Testament mm-hmm. along that line. And yes. it, for instance, they would take Jesus' statement, judge not that you be not judged. They would take that out of the context in which it was written and say, see, we're not supposed to judge. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's not what he said there. Mm-hmm. He's basically teaching that we should not judge hypocritically in yes. that context. Correct. But he calls uh, us to make judgment calls. Yes. He in fact tells us to judge with righteous judgment. And that is a direct statement to judge. It there. is. It but is. again, with righteous judgment. Yes. It's qualified. Yes. He also talks about casting, not casting our jewels or our pearls before swine. Well, you have to make a judgment call who would be the swine that you're not to cast your pearls before. That's right. And, uh, of course, he tells us to go out and preach the gospel to uh, every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Mm -hmm. We've got to be able to make a judgment there as to those who need the gospel message of salvation. Certainly. Those who have not obeyed yet, mm-hmm. those, that requires making a judgment call. So the New Testament does not teach in a blanket kind of way, you shouldn't judge. No. That's not what Paul is saying here either. Mm-hmm. But we need to make sure again that we do not judge hypocritically. Yes. We need to not be, and, and Jesus talked about missing the moat or the beam or the telephone pole that is sticking out of our own eye while we're trying to clear out the speck of dust from our brother's eye. Yes, yes. And that, that again, is in the context of judging others when there's something definitely amiss in our own lives. In other words, we're being hypocritical. Yes, yes. Now, again, some people might quickly say, well, 
everybody has something wrong in their life. Everybody has a problem in their life. Everybody has sin in their life. Well, mm -hmm. they do, but there's a difference between somebody who recognizes that mm -hmm. and strives to overcome that mm -hmm. through forgiveness yes. from God and trying to repent and live a a a life of righteousness and, mm -hmm. and holiness before God and somebody who knows they're they've got sin in their life and they're making no attempt yes to, to turn away from it and overcome it yes. and still at the same time pointing fingers at somebody else someone who remains in a lifestyle of sin yes is not in a position to be judging anyone else no in second Corinthians chapter 5 in verse 10 Paul is very clear and very direct as to the reality of that final day of judgment. There we read, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Each one must appear before that judgment seat of Christ. Mm -hmm. And each one of us is going to have to give account of how we have lived our lives in this physical body, in this physical world. That's correct. Now, whether good or bad, mm -hmm. whether right or wrong, righteous or unrighteous, how we have lived. That's correct. You know, Dennis, it's easy for us to notice many of the sins of what we would call commission. Those oh, yes. things that we do or other mm -hmm. people do, mm -hmm. overt acts of sin right. and sinfulness. Mm -hmm. It's easy to spot those. Yes, it is. But now on that final day of judgment, we're also going to have to give account for the sins of omission, the things that we have not done that we were supposed to do, that we should have done. Mm -hmm. We might think about where mama comes in and catches little Johnny. He has... Uh, drawing on the wall with a magic marker. Mm -hmm. Well, that's an act of commission. Yes. He has done wrong. Mm -hmm. But now mama comes in and, 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 and confronts little Johnny mm -hmm. with, why did you not clean your room? I told mm -hmm. you to clean your room. Yes. Why did you not do that? Mm -hmm. Well, someone might say, Johnny might say, well, mom, I didn't do anything. That's exactly the point. You did not do anything. <laughs> yes. And you know, it's interesting, Gary, that uh, James actually speaks to this in his letter. In James chapter 4, verse 17, he wrote, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. And I think the sense there, Dennis, is to him who knows what is right mm -hmm. to do, yes. what should be done. That's right. What is the right thing to do Absolutely. and does not do it? Yes. His act of omission, his not doing it, mm -hmm. is sinful. That's right. That in itself is sin. Mm -hmm. Now, that really ought to sober us up. Yes, it should. Yes, indeed. You know, I've talked about many times, I've tried to illustrate this particular principle by saying that, you know, a lot of people, they'll say, well, I, I don't steal and I don't lie and I don't cheat. Mm -hmm. I don't uh, commit adultery. I, I haven't murdered anybody. And they might go through a whole litany of things that they don't do in an effort to demonstrate their righteousness, their mm -hmm. goodness. Mm -hmm. 
And the point that I make is, you know, a mannequin in a department store window doesn't do any of those things either. That's right. But God holds us accountable for doing some things. Oh, yes. Yes. In fact, uh, Paul, again, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, makes the point that as Christian individuals, we are created for good works. Yes. And there are a number of passages that bring out that particular point. There are. God does not expect us to just abstain from evil. That's right. But he also expects us to do things that he has laid out for us to do. Yes, it is. Acts of service, mm -hmm. righteous living, mm -hmm. um, things that he expects from us in the area of worship. Yes. And dedication and commitment, mm -hmm. those good works, as you pointed out. Yes, that's right. In fact, James says in James chapter 2 that faith without works is dead. Yes, he does. Being alone. Mm -hmm. Well, let's look at a little further here. Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 and 32. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. So there's going to come that final day of judgment. It's going to be. This is a rather uh, illustrative kind of language that is describing that final day of judgment. Mm -hmm. and, and dividing the sheep from the goats is, is illustrative of dividing the righteous or the saved from the unsaved, the unrighteous. Mm -hmm. Yes. In John chapter 5, verses 25 through 29, what do we read along this line? Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted his Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Boy, this is a very profound text of Scripture. Indeed it is. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is mm -hmm. when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. Mm -hmm. The dead. Mm -hmm. Now, could he be speaking there of those who are spiritually dead or of those who are already dead and in the grave physically? I think it could include both. Yes, it very much could. Mm -hmm. But certainly... As the text goes on, Jesus is describing a final day of judgment. He is. And he's talking about how the Father has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also. That's right. Now that would certainly parallel what we read back in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10 mm -hmm. where it says we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Right. Then the text goes on. And says, the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice mm -hmm. and come forth. Yes. 
And then the further description, those who have done good to the resurrection of life. Yes. Those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Correct. That is the final day of judgment. There's no doubt about that. No question. Mm -hmm. And so that day is a reality. Mm -hmm. It is something of which we can be absolutely certain. Yes. Now let's look at one more text, a classic text on this. And this is 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. And to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. That certainly portrays that final day of judgment from the perspective of the unprepared. Oh, yes. The unrighteous, mm -hmm. the unrepentant sinner, mm -hmm. the one who has not come to God yes. for forgiveness, mm -hmm. or if he has, he has gone back into sin. The disobedient. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction mm -hmm. from the presence of the Lord and mm -hmm. from the glory of his power. Yes. Cut off from the presence of God for all of eternity. That's right. Now, very vivid description of that final day. Now, these, the, the language that we have read in these last two or three uh, texts of Scripture in particular, very graphic, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And again, as we've said before, Gary, I don't think there's any mistake in this language. Uh, it's clear, it's concise, it's to the point. We should have no question what God is speaking about. That final day of judgment is a sure thing. It is. A sure thing. My friends, you can be sure of your eternal destiny when it comes to that final day of judgment if you will come to God for salvation for forgiveness through Jesus Christ, his way. We'd like to send you that free Bible study to help you get ready for that day, to understand what God expects of you in order that you can be ready for that day. You need not be unprepared. God sent his son with the gospel message into this world, and he's had it recorded for us in Holy Scripture. You can know what you need to do. You can be ready. Why don't you, why don't you contact us right now?